Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and today I'm going to go over the Detroit Lions' decisions to make this offseason at the cornerback position. Let's be honest and just kind of call this what it is. This is one of the Lions' two or three weakest position groups on the team. Under contract, the Lions have Cam Sutton. He's 29 years old and signed a three-year contract last offseason. He has a cap hit of $12 million and $9 million of his salary for this season is guaranteed. That means there's a $17 million dead cap charge if the Lions were to decide to move on, and that means they are not going to. Whether you, me, or the moon are satisfied with Sutton's play in 2023, he's coming back. So that is one starting outside corner for the team. Brian Branch appears to have the starting nickel spot locked up for as long as he wants it. The 2023 second-round draft pick looked like a legitimate defensive rookie of the year candidate until a you know early season injury kind of set back his process process for the year and dropped him to just a very high level of play from his ludicrously high level of play to begin the season. Branch has the chops to line up out wide or as a two deep safety, but why would you move him off the spot he absolutely owned immediately last season? You wouldn't, and I think we can agree that Aaron Glenn isn't likely to do that either. Of course, I think I actually said the Lions probably wouldn't take Branch in the draft after signing C.J. Gardner-Johnson last year, who was basically exactly the same guy. So, like, realistically, what the hell do I know? Hell. So, with the actual free agents on the team, I'll start with the exclusive rights free agents. There's one, Chase Lucas. He was a bit of an older rookie when he was drafted in the seventh round in 2022. He was hailed as a player with inside-out versatility and so much college experience that he was likely already a fully cooked version of whatever he was going to be in the NFL immediately. Well, that hasn't been far from the truth. Lucas has two accrued seasons in the league and six tackles, evenly split between the two years. And he's going to be 27 years old next week. The team will likely bring him in as a camp body if for no other reason that that they need a special teams veteran in the event a guy farther down this list doesn't end up coming back and to show younger players what to do in the trills during the offseason workouts. But he was drafted in the last round two secondary coaches ago. Like We don't really know if anyone on the Lions' current secondary coaching unit actually likes Chase Lucas, so it's pretty hard to tell whether or not he's going to be coming back. Jerry Jacobs started the year as a Lions outside corner. That was the other starting outside corner, that is, in 2023. Uh, He's a restricted free agent, which gives him just a little more ability to negotiate with the team than Lucas. But the Lions very likely are going to tender him. And what is tendering? I'm glad you asked. A tender is a label a team can put on an impending free agent putting a one-year contract out there on him. The player is able to sign with another team, but depending on the details of the tender the original team uses, the new team that signs the player has to send some kind of draft compensation back to the original team. The original team can also just choose to match the offer that was made by the new team and keep their player. So teams don't spend much, if any, effort at any time on restricted free agents from other teams. 
So by giving a guy the tender, you're basically saying, this is what you're getting next year. Welcome back. It's theoretically possible that he could go somewhere else in the offseason, but he's very likely staying. Uh, the tender costs more based on the compensation that would come back, and that's a team choice. I'll be doing a terminology episode that goes over a bunch of this stuff after the combine. And I feel like I've already kind of got lost in the weeds here and we're sort of missing my point. So back to Jerry. He was the Lions' other starting outside corner before he got hurt and for a little while after he was hurt and then ended up on the bench. Uh, So given that he is completely under team control, I can't imagine him not coming back next season. However, given that he's finished both of his seasons on IR and was an undrafted free agent to begin with, and again, there have been two changes in secondary coaches since that decision was made. Hey, they might not tender him. It is possible that that doesn't happen. But I don't see how it makes sense that he would not be a lion at least until the draft finishes. Uh, and that's also what I think they'll do with Khalil Dorsey, who's also a restricted free agent. So let's move on to the unrestricted free agents. Things get a little bit less kind of black and white and easy to choose here. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley tore ACLs in back to back years. And the recovery of the first one, if you guys will remember last offseason, was just fraught with setbacks. Given the time frame, he should have been getting on the field as the team finished up the preseason, but he didn't actually get to the active roster until week five, where two snaps in, he had that second ACL tear in the opposite leg. Now, there's a little science saying someone can't really recover perfectly from two torn ACLs, one in each leg. It doesn't happen very much. And and Mosley kind of has a laundry list of injuries over his career. Uh, Like the last season he didn't miss at least four games was 2019. I don't think the Lions should sign up for a second year with Emmanuel Mosley. Like, I don't think we need a sequel on this unless they completely strike out in free agency and bring back nothing, because I don't think there's going to be a line to sign Emmanuel Mosley. Like there was a little bit last year, there were other teams interested lions ponied up the cash. I don't know if they're going to do that this year. I think this year they probably play the wait and see game, see if anything else pops up for him. And if they don't, they probably get a guy who might be a starting quarterback in the NFL for a two or $3 million one year deal. Kindle Vildor. Forget the last thing you remember happening in the 2023 season when it comes to him. If not making spectacular catches for interceptions was the barrier to playing in the NFL, 95% of the corners in the league wouldn't have jobs. And the other 5% mostly can't cover. Uh, Vildor was shockingly proficient when he stepped in for Jacobs. Like it was just amazing to see this guy come off the street and actually play reasonably well right away, but teams did kind of figure him out and he did get picked on a little bit at the end. But he ended the season with a 62.3 PFF grade. His red defense was over 80. Uh, blitzing was also really, really high. Like I'd be surprised if he didn't get at least an offer from the Lions to come back and an opportunity to start if they don't sign anybody. I think we're all hoping that they sign somebody. <laughs> but uh, basically, Jacobs Vildor, if that's CB outside CB3 and 4, you're not the worst bench in the league. That would be fine. 
Which takes us to perennial, completely undeserving whipping boy from Lions fans, Will Harris. Uh, he's a special teamer and an absolute emergency defensive back. Like if everybody else gets hurt, Will Harris comes onto the field. That's that's who he is at this point. There's no mystery left in what he's going to be. There's no upside. He came into the league as a safety. The Lions moved him to corner. And when that didn't work, he just started playing only special teams. Uh, he's basically fighting for a roster spot in the end with Chase Lucas. Uh, and everybody on this team, coaches, other players, all love Will Harris. There is almost no chance he's coming back. Like He's just one of those guys who is a Lions backup and is exactly what they want from their backups, like Jalen Reeves-Maben or Khalif Raymond or Jason Cabinda. They're all kind of the same guy. So he's probably coming back, and because the team has enough cap space that like a two million dollar special teams ace is a luxury they can afford, like they're not hoping to get more out of him than that for that money. Unlike some guys who've come in in the past, that's the price they'll pay for the guy who does the job that Will Harris does, and they'll be happy to pay it. So to recap, they're not cutting anyone. So Branch and Sutton are definitely starting. Chase Lucas costs the team nothing, but he hasn't really impressed, and he's already twenty seven, going into his third season in the league. Jerry Jacobs might require a higher cap number to keep because he is a guy who started 29 games in the league and hasn't been the worst starter in the NFL. So somebody might actually decide to try to sign him. There's still a spot for Jerry on this roster, even if the Lions do sign other guys and draft people because he was an excellent special teams guy too, before he started starting. Started starting. It's great. I'm doing really well today. Uh, <laughs> uh, Khalil Dorsey may or may not be back. There's no compelling case in either direction. Mosley, I think, is too injury prone to come back, but there's a lot of buzz saying that they might give him another one year. Kendall Vildo was surprisingly good for a guy who was brought in halfway through the season, and Will Harris is a luxury special teams ace, but it's a luxury they can afford, so they will probably buy it. That is the effect on the Lions roster. Of the cap jump, basically, is the guys that everybody is upset they're wasting money on will all be back. See you tomorrow. Let's bring it here together. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions! You've had enough of that shit.